Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride, or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, Sidewinders, and welcome back to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. This is Eric here, and we are back for another episode of Fun in the Saloon. I have with me Tom out on the East Coast. Say hello, Tom. (laughs) Where did Tom go? <laughs> oh crap! I had my thing muted. I, I even you got a yeehaw out of me. Oh! Damn it. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. I can edit. What? When you go, hey Tom, I go yeehaw. <laughs> There's Tom, and I also have Brian with me. Say hey, Brian. Hey everybody, how you doing? No yeehaw from you. <laughs> yeehaw! <laughs> no doggies. <laughs> All right, today's episode, we are going to be kind of talking about some segments. Uh, Our main topic, I think we're going to talk about some fortune and spending it. And then we're going to have some fun, I think, with a little bit of a different topic. Uh, The three of us came up with like our top three dudes in the game that we'd like to just go over. For one reason or another, we picked them. Hey, Eric. Um... I know you went to Gen Con this summer. Why don't you give us a little brief uh, description of what happened? I think you even got some some questions you were uh, posting to Stuart regarding Gen Con. Yes, yes. I did just recently get back from Gen Con at Indianapolis and got to hang out with the War Cradle gang for a day. I was only able to get down there for a day. But they were out there with their big old booth and they had a bunch of stuff on display and uh, we had some listeners ask me to ask some questions, so I kind of picked some of their brain. And I'll admit, I kind of got glossed over with all the shiny stuff and the, the big old display with the boat that Rob did for their booth. But um, some of the new stuff that they had in display that was kind of cool to see in the in the cases was they had, like, we've seen... The Dixie Resurrection was there. They had that on display. We've seen the Dark Nation posse set was there on display. But then we got to see the Ranger Showboat was out on display. And they had that actually on the new upcoming saloon that they're they're going to have up for pre-order actually this, this coming month. And uh, talking to Stuart a little bit about the, the saloon, kind of a neat thing that he told me that they're doing with the saloon is it's actually going to be, uh, you can attach it to another forthcoming building that they have coming out. That's kind of a neat concept where uh, one of the the railings on the second floor is going to like actually come off and you just kind of puzzle it together with this other building. So that's going to be a neat thing. So that the town is like with each month is growing more and more. Um, one of the other things, let's see, what are some of the other things we saw is we saw Edison's posse set was on display. So you got to see him with 
his sonic weapon and his his wife and you know the constructs with the sonic weapons and two gun dogs. Oh yeah, and the gun dogs even had sonic weapons yeah. attached. It's going to be a neat neat weapon upgrade for them. Um, we saw some outlaw stuff, so we saw some of the the Mexican Golden Army, the bloody Espan. I can never say it, Brian. <laughs> Espinosa. Espinosa. <laughs> See, I can say it when you say it, Espinosa. <laughs> well, you do kind of live in near Chicago. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> I, I, I'll admit, I'm a flatlander. <laughs> um, and then we also saw some Probably of the... can't roll your R's either. No. <laughs> we saw some of the Codistadors. Um, and they... T- <laughs> They they teased, which I almost got a lynching for because I missed them somehow, the mounted units for them. Yeah, those are going to be pretty cool looking. So they're all mounted on black hoofs. So Yeah, so one of the things in, in second edition, when the Golden Army split, the Conquistadors and, you know, Pancho Villas, they're, they're all, they're separate from the Golden Army from first edition which included Pancho Villa well they're they're not they're not directly linked anymore they're completely separated so the second boss for the conquistadors was in the mounted set so we have the three mounted guys that we've had the cars cards for for a while where one guy has a lasso one guy has a sword the other guy has a rifle now we'll have three poses in that set of these mounted guys and then there's the boss is a female boss and she's also mounted, and she is carrying a grenade with yep. props. It's a whole. I'll bet it's like someone stabbed a cross into this grenade. So the only way you can really describe it is it's the holy hand grenade of Antioch. Yeah. At least I, I know a few people will probably get out their psycho brushes from Army Painter and paint Antioch oh, as God. a label on <laughs> I don't think my eyes are good enough for that anymore. <laughs> One of the other uh, posses they, they, they teased there, Brian, was the uh, Tainted Biology. So that's going to be Dr. Bytel's posse set that comes with two hex dogs which yeah, are oh, oh man they look gross and the long awaited snake oil salesman model is is in that posse yeah i i you know i might he he has a hat on if i remember right uh i i kind of want to i want to take the hat off i want i want to see the a bald head <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that would be kind of cool is to get the two options uh because he does have the the long goatee and he's got the leg brace uh you know Defcon 20, 2018 <laughs> sorry darren <laughs> hey, I was gonna say yeah <laughs> But yeah, so those were some of the things we saw. And then, of course, in the booth, they had some of the dystopian warships that uh, are that are coming out. So these were just like the, the resin models. And they a few of them they had um, kind of set up like examples of how you can outfit them with the dip, different weapons. And then, of course, they had the, the guys. I was talking to 
Parker from Battlehammer was there, and he was volunteering doing demos. And he said that they've been they were busy nonstop. So a lot of new players were checking the game out. They were doing demos nonstop, and uh, yeah, I, I mean it it looked like and it it sounded like from what Stewart said that they were very busy. Roberto, their studio artist, was there showing off his portfolio and a lot of concept sketches. And, uh, oh, you know what? There was there, Brian. And I know you've seen pictures because I sent them to you. And you about probably flipped your lid. They had a teaser legendary Jedrick Powell on. on. He was writing 2020, carrying his big-ass cannon that he has. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So, I did not know that was on uh, splashing, but it was kind of something that had been discussed like over a year ago. But I didn't know it was a valid uh, surprise. <laughs> no, no, I, I think, I think that model was basically done up in the, you know the resin like the day before they left the UK to come right. over. So they didn't know that it was going to be there. Although Stuart said he, he told me there was going to be a surprise at Gen Con and the way he said it, I was like, Oh really? <laughs> because earlier that week he had made a reference to someone else talking about the infernal investigation possibly. Jedrick in 2020 specifically and his response was something like on a horse <laughs> or <laughs> there was a reference to a horse and Stewart said something like maybe or something like that so when he said that I, I did think put two and two together I was like well there's no way because I hadn't heard anything about it right nothing you know because they, they like to tease but no, he out of nowhere. That thing went the 3D sculpt and into a 3D print without anybody leaking it. And yeah, that foretold foretells other surprises that nobody knows that we may see be yes. seeing in the future. Now, luckily, Mike Pierce, shout out to you because first thing Thursday morning he posted a picture. I literally he posted it. I have a feeling he walked in, saw the thing took photos of it, and immediately posted just that one picture. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm sure he took a bunch of pictures, but he immediately posted that. I'm not going to say he posted it for me specifically, but <laughs> I'm going to think that anyway because it was literally I, – I was I got up, I saw it, and I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting a message for you, from you, and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why when I saw that too, I uh, I got them to they actually took the little cover plate uh, plastic that they have on their cases off. So I got all up in my head was inside the display case taking pictures of that sucker. Right. So yeah. So so the chain of events. So that was the only picture that Mike had posted. That was it. That's all he posted. <laughs> it's GenCon. He was busy. <laughs> For day, no other pictures were showing up, you know. Now, War Cradle posted a few pictures here and there, and we got some pretty good pics of Rob Hawkins' board. And then after you went, Saturday, on Sunday, you posted a bunch of pictures. 
that's when you got all these really up close pictures. And again, I, I, I think I did go back into, you know, my, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> got a little freaked out and like that's so awesome. Especially a real close up one. That you took. <laughs> and, uh, and then we discovered that you missed a, a whole section. <laughs> <laughs> and then luckily Mike rescued you because he was like, Oh yeah, I have pictures of that. And he... <laughs> Oh man. I'll I tell you what, I know, I know that, that like Chuck was giving me a hard time on Facebook about it. And, yeah. and I commented, I said, he talked about lynching and stuff. I said, man, I'm going to come back Clint Eastwood style and paint your whole town red just to mess with you. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, Mike saved me and posted pictures. So, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that we had a couple listeners uh, message me and they had some questions to uh, try and pick the brains of uh, Stuart and stuff. And one of our listeners, who many of us probably have his model in Wild West Exodus, is Clay Bytel. Um, many of you don't know, he that big old behemoth for the hex was a model that he got to design and what it was a second Kickstarter, wasn't it? Uh Brian? Yeah, yeah. He he did. He he there were there were three participants of, you know, design your own model during the Kickstarter. Okay. And, and Clay was, was one of them. them. Okay. And yeah, Clay so Clay messaged me and Clay wanted to know uh when when we might expect the cards to update with the models from upcoming posse sets. So basically he's asking like online, you know, if, if they're going to be updated, you know, like the time frame. Cause sometimes we've seen them a little out of, out of sequence with what version they are and stuff like that. And, um, what Stuart was telling me is that the, the cards, will be released in the week before the actual posse set comes out, not when the posse set goes up for pre-order. So the week before it's actually released, if you go online, uh, I think they've gotten pretty good about, you know, saying how some of the, the models are unavailable or not unavailable. What is it they got on there? It's uh, unreleased. unreleased. So I think when you see that that go away, the cards will actually be updated and all the cards that are going to be in the posse box sets should be updated then too with the current, you know, rule version, which we're on 1.08 now. I haven't seen any of the posse sets be out of sequence like some of the early ones were. So, yeah, so they should be the week before that they're actually released. And then... Another question we had from a listener that over uh, across the, the, the big old pond, Yoris wanted to know if we will ever see like resin bust statues of the models that we like, um, like a certain character, like maybe uh, Jesse James bust. So just like, a, you know, shoulders up, kind of an enlarge more of your advanced model that we could hobby paint. You know, something like you would see at the Adepticon's Crystal Brush. I see a lot of bust painted and entered in their, their contest like, there. Like a little bit bigger, so it's like 75 millimeters. That way, you know, the artists can really get into... All the layers the and detail. Model, yeah. And, yeah, and some of those, 
you know, really, really blow my mind that the time that these, these artists put into painting these things. And the answer I got for that one is that the busts are something they have considered, but maybe as part of something else. So that that's kind of the, uh, the typical Stuart wink wink answer you got so it's it's in their mind they have so many ideas and thoughts of things that they want to try in this whole dystopian age world so busts are a possibility it's something they're considering they probably have to look at the logistics of it and money and stuff like that and um, you know really weigh the factors that okay is this something that people are going to want now, granted, there's probably a lot of us out there in the community that would jump on a chance to paint something that's bigger than our normal scale models, but in more detail. So I think that if they release something like that, it would it would be a hit because um, there's a lot of people in the community like us that need everything and want everything. And, <laughs> you know, we can't get enough type thing. So those are some of the questions that I got to ask them. We asked them a little bit about the Warhost program. I guess that's still in the process, so they're still taking applications and going over that. And they said that they'll, you know, contact people once they kind of work through all the different applications people are sending in. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think this was a... a, Last year, Gen Con for War Cradle was kind of like their kind of the first big show over here in America and just talking to Stuart and the guys. And, um, you know, I talked quite a bit with Chris Pond over there and some of the plans that they have coming. And uh, it sounds like this year was like, okay, they had, you know, things were set and what to expect. And I think next year with all the things they got going, it's going to be a huge, huge year for War Cradle. Um, They'll have new stuff out in Wild West Exodus. They're going to have, hopefully, dystopian wars going by then. They may have stuff that they haven't even teased yet by then. So if you are interested in going to Gen Con, I mean, Gen Con's its own animal in itself, but to go see them in that kind of environment is pretty cool. And, you know, who knows? They may have something secret we just don't know about yet so that was kind of gen con uh i wish i had more time maybe next year yep i i would love to make it next year's it'd be awesome well you know what we got coming up brian we have adepticon <laughs> we do we that... do and pax unplugged yes as well. and uh war cradle is going to be at pax unplugged yeah and both both me and tom are planning on being at pax We'll probably do a shout out on the on the Dark Council about it if people are going. I know a couple local guys that are already going. I'm pretty sure some of the local guys and there are going to be going. So yeah, I mean, part of the community, I guess we could try and connect up and see see what happens. So it'd be fun to do pickup games. So what have we been up to since our last uh, podcast? I know Brian's been busily building new posse sets that's right so i'm pretty much ready for varnish on the divine intervention uh their basing is pretty much finished 
they're just like I said, waiting for some gloss gloss and matte coating. Um, I am into the layering of my uh, Infernal Investigations posse, and of course, then I have a I'm doing the final details on or the final basing on ten deputies, and then I'm in various stages of both the Deadly Seven, Wayward Eight. <laughs> Uh, my scouts uh, and various other uh, Confederate models, and the emissary from the Blazing Sun is, I think, almost finished with primary paint. I think I just have to do her hair and a few other things. So yeah, I've got a full table. So just just a few models. <laughs> it, it's been, been a bit schizophrenic, you know. I was working on the Confederates. When I, I decided, hey, I, ha- I had this second set of deputies that I hadn't got, got done with for a while. So I started painting those. Then, then the uh, Deadly Seven came out. And, of course, I insta-bought those. And then before I could get much paint on them, the Wayward Eight came out. And, again, I insta-bought those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before I could get much paint on them the divine interventions came out and then that's when i i told you i was like i'm gonna try to bust these out and try to get these off my desk for the infernal investigations i got them mostly done when they showed up so i had to finish them this week but yeah i i feel that pain i kind of we just just got back from gen con a couple weeks ago and uh i been kind of slacking on getting new stuff um just kind of like well i got a lot to work on and you know i've been working on that stuff but i couldn't resist them at gen con so i kind of got caught up and <laughs> i bought like three posse sets and i'm just like oh my god what did i just do i don't have time to do all these <laughs> okay so let me guess you got the um the dixie resurrection set yes that one i got put together yeah i together it's tough when they release those posse sets that are kind of your factions to play so it's like i was already behind not getting the absolute power so and then that one came out and now we have another one coming out at the end of this month that it's kind of like okay i i gotta get that one so it's yeah it's gonna end up being oh three months of releases that are kind of like I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm the same way. The 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 release schedule is being is a bit uh, aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did skip Absolute Power, not permanently, but I did decide that you know with the Order being my favorite second favorite faction, I uh, you know that was an insta buy. So I delayed the the, the Absolute Power, but. Man, some of the models in that pot, that set are so awesome. I'll eventually pick it up. Yeah, I just—I mean, even if you don't play the faction, yeah, like you said, those models are beautiful. I mean, it's got the emperor in it, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> well, see, I have a version of the emperor already, but his uh, his new mod, his new sculpt is really good. Yeah, and then there's the new creature. He's he's wicked cool. Then the. Uh, Oh, he was the third man, not the third man, but the the other Dark Council member guy. I can't remember his name, but he's got that nonchalant pose where he's got one leg kicked behind oh, the yeah. other. Yeah, he's just leaning. Dude, that 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 pose is just so elegant and cool. 
you know, I, I want to paint that model, you know. So, Tom, I know you haven't had much time for modeling. What have no, you been doing? I keep, get, I, I keep getting outbid on this Iron Horse uh, oh. auction. I've been, I've, been, I've been trying to win. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've, I've, been, I've been trolling for cheap Iron Horses because I need a whole lot of them. Well, I, I saw that the one guy is still posting on the, uh, what's the group site, the trading post site? Uh, I bought Fort Laramie. Yeah, I bought some stuff from him, and he's he's down to selling like some of his pre-painted stuff. And I know you were asking about stuff from him, and he um, he said something about he had like some pre-painted stuff. Yeah, I'm looking for bear bear yeah. stuff. So well, yeah, you want to uh, when you do paint it, you want to make it your own. You don't want somebody else's paint job. Yeah, so that's all I'm doing right now is is I'm trolling. I I. I you know, ever since we had that challenge at the beginning where we did the list building challenge, that's really been bouncing around my mind. I think I really want to put that together. So probably uh, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I asked, uh, it sounds like the uh, release of iron horses is not going to happen uh, for new releases, at least until sometime next year. Uh, and that's too long to wait. So I will be, I'll be haunting sites trying to pick them up. I did not get a feel for when that's coming out, but they're gonna they're gonna be fun. All the new stuff's gonna be fun. Well, yeah. Didn't you have lunch with with Stuart? And yes, I had. So, yeah, you probably got some leaks or some <laughs> chat. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I mean they they got they're gonna have a very very busy year uh i think by next gen con is going to be a really really big time for them next year because you know they're they're getting the ball rolling on releases now that they can concentrate on working on the new and just start rolling them out so will the larger dystopian uh wars universe be out by then well they still have to initiate the beta testing on that and they haven't announced the date on that yet but it should be pretty darn soon they're hoping to do beta you know by fall and then have that most of it done by the end of the year yeah and then take it back into the studio or the, the last month or so of final tweaks kind of similar to what they did with Wildwest Exodus and so they're hoping first quarter of uh, or second quarter of the year to have dystopian wars the the fleet battle game out so the then post that then that's when they go into some some other ideas I think on you know introducing more of the new faction models for the 35 millimeter game so that we yeah. don't know what that's gonna look like because that's that's like the next phase in development, I guess. Well, all right. Well, why don't we go ahead and quit our jibber-jabber, and why don't we go into some of our segments we got planned for today's episode. All right, guys. Today... On uh, this segment, we're going to cover fortune and spending it. So fortune is something that all the models in Wild West Exodus have, certain models anyway. And what 
fortune is, so why don't we go ahead and describe what fortune is? For, fortune is a, it's a currency on certain models, usually bosses and some faces have it, that they can spend to do a number of different abilities, whether it's rerolling a dice or maybe, you know, nominating a different one of your guys as a target of a shoot action. And anybody in your posse can spend it as long as, like, it's either coming from themselves, you know, and most, most guys have, like, one or two, or if it's coming from the boss, and that boss has a, an ability called largesse. Um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> right, so as long as the boss is still in play, a largesse allows any of the models in that boss's posse to use his fortune to do any of these seven things you can do with fortune. Yeah. So say you have, you bring two bosses, which we discussed in an early episode. You have two bosses and they both bring a posse. So they both have models, but the two models that boss a say Wyatt brings those two models that he brought are the only ones that can borrow his fortune. And the three models that wild bill brings, can only use Wild Bill's fortune. So some of the similar is if you bring Grant, he, he brings you three fortune and say you have a whole bunch of, you know, models that Grant brought, all the hands that he brought, they, they only have three fortune they can borrow. If you bring Custard, who has eight, he normally cannot share because he doesn't have the largesse rule unless he takes his posse. So if he takes the forlorn posse, then he gains largesse to then be able to share his fortune with any of the models he brings in his boss but you have to keep track of which set of models are which with with boss that way you know you're you know spinning the fortune yeah a lot of times and like what they you know they say to do is you can use uh, each unit's fortune you can represent it with like a, a fortune chip and like in that case where you have two different bosses in your posse a lot of times what I used to do before I got War Cradle's fortune chips is I have an old poker set and I actually use like blue ones for say this boss and hit, you know, for in his posse. And then the other half of my little army posse, you know, that I built, I'll use a totally different color. So I'll use blue and black just to help, you know, keep them straight of who's is who's and that way you don't get them mixed up. Yeah, I just use the fortunes inside the fortune cookies when I get Chinese food. <laughs> Do you read them out then, too? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but do you add in bed again? <laughs> you beat me to it, Brian. <laughs> hey, I get all the tacky things. <laughs> now, another thing to remember, too, about the fortune is that when your boss spends it, that he will regain that fortune up to his fortune limit, whatever number that is, when he's done activating. So say you spend it, just for simple sake, you spend it during his activation, you know, to do re-rolls or to maybe spend it for, uh, to focus and, you know, a move action or something like that. This is one of the things you can do that we'll talk about in a minute. When he's done activating, say he has four, he spends them all. When he's done, all that comes back up. 
So then anybody left in the posse can then in turn go ahead and spend it. Now, when they spend it, it's going to be gone until he has a chance to activate again, which in most cases will be the next turn. So if there's some kind of condition or ability that basically makes him, forces him where he can't activate, he doesn't replenish his fortune if it was spent. Yeah, this is one of the things that I like about this rule. And it it encourages you to spend the fortune because you know you're going to get it back at the end of the turn. So you can you can use it to, you know, make your character better for that turn with the full knowledge that you're going to get all of that fortune back, which I think is just a really cool thing. You're not just sitting there hoarding it for a rainy day. Right. There's no reason not to use it. Right. And and really, if you think about a fortune, I think is a a real key big part of the game. Uh, It can really put over whatever action you're doing to, you know, you're in a really tight spot and you really need to get done what you're trying to do. Hopefully it's there for you to use. There's been many cases when I've spent it on other things that I thought I really needed to do and then it wasn't there. So it really is a deciding factor in, in, in your games. Yeah, I've definitely found that, you know, when your fortune runs out, uh, your fortune has run out. That's usually when you die. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's very uh, cinematic that way. It's like, oh, I've used up all my luck. Now I'm dead. Right. So, yeah, the Wild Assassin has some very, there's quite a few tactical, you know, like methods in the game. Right. So fortune is one of the tactical ways of playing the game, the use of or the, you know, the manipulation of fortune in the game is extremely tactical. Another tactical thing is the use of adventure cards, whether you use them to tactically gain points through glory or to use them in mechanics as uh, guts. And again, it's a very tactical thing. The tactical use of your models, you know, that kind of stuff is pretty much in all games, but the, the cards and the fortune are kind of the unique things, interactions in Waffle Assassins. And, you know, one of the coolest adventure cards is the ones that allow you to replenish your fortune yeah. completely. So that gives some models, if you can get that card, a huge boon. You know, you have, you have that card in your hand. You go out with your boss, or a, another good tactic is anyone with gamble. So if you have Gamble and you have a lot of your fortune and you have a replenished fortune card, you that model is going to explode on the game because when Gamble trick, you know, you get a card and it's too low. Like say Doc gets a one for his activation, uh, his action card. And for Doc, that's horrible. But if it's a one, you have a good chance and Gamble allows you to draw this next card. If the next card is greater than the one you drew, he gets to use that new card, but it also unlocks his limit. So now he has no limit. So really, if you have a bunch of fortune and a bunch of plus one action cards, you could just keep going because there is no limit to what you can do. And that's what that replenish card is going to be great for is say you have a boss with four fortune. You can use those four hit the replenish and you can use the other four and you just get to run this model and he's just going to be, you know, exploding all, all over the board. 
So, you know, the, the tactical way of using both fortune and the cards in a, you know, a synergistic way where it can really just make a whole bunch of things happen in the same activation. All right. We mentioned that there's a couple different ways for spending fortune. There's, there's seven different ways. Uh, they list them all in the book, and we'll go ahead and we'll run down all the different ways. So, Tom, why don't you take the first one of spending fortune? Well, you can uh, spend a fortune to focus. And we all know what focus does, right? <laughs> <laughs> we may have new new um, uh, audio listeners. <laughs> yep. Well, when you focus, you get plus two to your um, different attributes. Well, you get bonuses to attributes. Hey, Tom, what's prodigious? Help me with that word, Eric. <laughs> now you want me to say it, huh? Prodigious. Prodigious? Prodigious. prodigious. What does prodigious do, Tom? Was that that new Greek model? Yeah, I have no idea what prodigious does. <laughs> I do. There's something for the the gag reel. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I actually looked that up last week too, and I can't remember what it what it is now. Uh, oh, well. okay. So this is one of the common rules called prodigious, and what it does, it gives you a plus three for any focuses. So it's a huge benefit if your model actually has this as one of their common abilities. But it's often one of the most common forgotten ability. Yes, it is. Because you just forget, <laughs> like I did. My games this weekend completely forgot one of my one of my models had it, and I I, I focus ran. It didn't help. So yeah, so <laughs> to go over focus because we're all a little slap happy right now. <laughs> focus. Why do we always record so late? <laughs> focus. focus. So when you, you a plus, it gives you a plus two. Plus two. To various things. <laughs> yes, a plus two on any of your checks. So like Brian said, when you're doing a quick check and you focus it, you're gonna give them a plus two inches. So. His normal stat of quick is five. I'm going to focus it, spending a fortune chip from my boss. Now he can go an additional two inches. It's basically what focus is. Right. So, and then if you focus like aim, add two to your aim. Uh, if you just focus your fight, focus a grit check, they just all add two. Yeah, all, all their stats, you, their mind. The only thing that you're not going to be able to focus on their stats is their limit. So... There's adventure cards for that. that can yeah, that would that. just be mean. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> Especially when that boss has, like, you know, the four fortune. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> the second one is going to be hunkered down. So for the price of one shiny fortune chip, a unit can hunker down regardless of whether it's their activation or not. So say you got a guy and he's getting ready to just be blasted by a unit of, uh, say, Union Riflemen, since that's kind of what I have felt the effects this past weekend of. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> they, they, 
the guy can say, okay, I'm going to spend one of my boss's fortune or one of his own, if he has his own, and immediately take a hunker down condition and get that plus one to his grit. So it's kind of like he's ducking down on the ground and taking cover because he sees all this hell that's getting ready to be launched at him. Don't forget, though, there are penalties involved in being hunkered down. So take that uh, into consideration before you do it. Yeah. Yep. That's actually, I think, one of the ways spending fortune a lot of people forget is about hunkering down. A lot of people are used to doing it with the action points. And a lot of, you know, there's been many times that, you know, I'm kind of watching players play and they're like, I got this... You know, what What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm like, well, you got all that fortune over there. You know, and the guy hasn't activated yet. It's going to come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, once again, reminding people that feel free to spend it. If that guy, if it's coming from a guy that hasn't activated yet, he's going to get it back. So one thing to remember. <laughs> and if his boss uses up all his fortune right before you activate a model that's going to shoot at him, he won't have it when you can. When that is true. See, that's that that that's where we come into the balance of the game. It's it, and it's my favorite part of the game. Is like it's that balance of uh, you know I really need it to spend it to stay alive, but oh crap, I really need it to kill his dudes. So it's a balance. Brian, you take the next one. Yeah, yeah. So the next one is lucky son of a gun. So I want to say something else. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, so Lucky Son of the Gun allows you to re-roll any roll. So you basically you are rolling for you know your grit check. You you fail the roll. You can use a fortune from your your own or one from your boss to then re-roll it. Now remember the one rule in the new edition is you can only re-roll a re-roll once, but it does give you that extra chance if you fail your roll. Some of the other things that you can re-roll this for is you can re-roll it for, say, you're rolling scatter, and you got a bad scatter. Yes, you can use it for that roll as well. You can use it for any die roll in the game. You can use a fortune to re-roll it. And say you shoot at a rate of attack of three, they all fail. You have three fortune, you can re-roll all three. You just can't re-roll what you just re-rolled. Yeah, that's I. That's one of the the ways to spend a fortune. I do that a lot, and that's what usually gets me into trouble because then I don't have fortune left. <laughs> right. The other caveat on the rerolling is you can never reroll a critical success or a critical failure. So what this means, like, say you're shooting someone who's a, a moving target, where it's going to force you to reroll your successes because he's moving so fast, he's hard to hit. Well, if you roll a crit, he can't force you to re-roll. Flip side, you get a, you're trying to shoot that guy, and you roll a critical one or critical failure of one, you can't use fortune to re-roll that. Either. All right, so the next, this is number four, the fourth way of using fortune is push it. <laughs> well, you know what, I, I, Tom, if you didn't do it, I was gonna do it. Uh, there's a certain, I was thinking the same thing. There's a certain individual from across the pond that sings this song a lot in their videos, so that one's for you, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> a little air horn for him too. 
<laughs> so since you were singing uh, the I Push It by Salt and Pepper, do you want to take this one, Tom? Sure. Uh, so Push It is a unit may spend or a fortune chip as an action point and may do so multiple times during an activation. The first time it costs one, the second time it costs two, third time it costs three, et cetera, et cetera. So this, this kind of goes along with what Brian was talking about before, where if you have the fortune, you can really uh, have your character do a lot of things by adding on actions, you know, well beyond what they can normally do. It's expensive. It costs a lot to add on those extra uh, actions. But the things you can do, especially with some stronger characters and things, you, you can really wipe up a lot of the other team's forces if you're doing attacks or you could get yourself across the board or get yourself in, a posi- in better positioning, into cover, whatever you need to do. You know, this is just extra actions. And, yeah. and you know, the action economy in this game uh, is a huge part of it. So when you can kind of do something to, to you know, sort of bend that, action economy in your favor that's always going to be helpful and sometimes you're kind of forced to to spend your fortune to push it like say for example you have the unlucky draw of getting just one action point and it's just like oh my god i was planning on doing a move and a shoot or uh, a move and a you know a shoot double shoot and a lot of times what i try to do is if i have something that gives you the action point in your adventure deck hand, I'll try to spend that before the fortune because that fortune is very, very, very precious. But a lot of times you just have a bad hand. You get a bad draw for action points. It's there, you know, so don't be afraid to spend it to do that action point. But like Tom said, just watch how much of it you spend because it does cost you more and more the more you use it. Right. So, so the key on knowing, um, so in, when you're doing actions, so the first combat action is one action point. The second combat action is two. The third is two fortune in push. It doesn't work that way. Fortune when you're spending it for action points is one for the first time, two for the second time, three for the third and so on. So what happens is, as you need more action points for that one unit, it it's cumulative. It's going up by one, and it goes up every time. So it's easy. If you want to know how how much does it cost you to do get three action points from Fortune, it's going to cost you six Fortune. One for the first one, two for the second one, three for the third. Um, those of you who don't know how to do math in your head, try it out. <laughs> calculators it'll help you <laughs> write it on your <laughs> on your palm <laughs> like it's cool <laughs> for the next one see what are we on one two three four five this is number five ways for spending fortune is taking one for the team so when you have a model that's nominated as an initial target of an attack you can spend a fortune to pick a different friendly model, so, so your your guy's buddy that's within three inches of him, and you can nominate him to basically take the hit. So that friendly model, then, he does have to be in range of the attack. So he has to be the same, you know, say the guy that was initially targeted is 12 inches. So that guy, that friendly model that you nominate has to be within 
that same range of the weapon. And then what he would do is he would actually take the the grit check for it. It's like he's diving in front of the bullet to save his buddy and he's pushing him aside. You know, so it's it's very cinematic. He's nobly taking a bullet for his buddy so he doesn't have to die, say his grit's lower. You know, you're going to nominate the guy that's next to him. I I have done this a couple times with some tag teaming of Dr. Bytel and uh, you know, the big nasty grizzly bear with the Gatling gun for Dark Nation when I just run a generic Dark Nation. And uh, the two of them, <laughs> they, they they function pretty good together. So right, It's really useful. So say you have a model that's that's already been hit. He's already used metal. He's already used his quick and the dead. And now he's Yeah, next hit he's gone. Right there in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, his buddy, his buddy Bob is three inches away. You know, Bob, man, you gotta jump in front of that bullet for your boss, man. Bob, I mean, that, you gotta do it. Well, it gets you one more tool. This is why I, I generally find it a good idea to keep uh, a unit of hands around your, uh, you know, in and around your boss, is specifically for this. They're meat shields. Yeah, uh, right. you know, you you can add, yeah. If all else fails, you you spend a fortune, you grab a meat shield, you throw them in front. And uh, let the chips fall where they may. So I don't know if that's as cinematic as your buddy diving in front of you taking the bullet. That's more like your boss grabbing, you know, the schlub and saying, "Come here, you!" It's <laughs> pulling hey, hey, in that's, front. Hey, that's that's cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to work for that boss. <laughs> yeah, you could be nominated to take one for the team. Willingly, <laughs> 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 That's what these guys get paid for. <laughs> right. Okay, so here's another one. This one is number six. Six. What's it with this? Okay, so Veteran Instincts is the sixth one. And Veteran Instincts, uh, when your model is nominated as initial target, you can spend two fortune chips to immediately gain on the lookout condition. And, you know, on the lookout condition basically means if someone's targeting you, you get to make a free attack on them before their attack triggers. They call that a give them hell reaction to the attack as though you had a condition prior to being targeted. You cannot use veteran instincts or taking one for the team against the same attack. So you can't combo them, basically, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't do one and fail and then, oh, well, then I'm going to do this next one. You, you got to do one or the other. So, yes, yeah, so veteran instinct. If you didn't already have the on the lookout, it gives you that immediate chance to do so, and then you get to give them hell. I don't know if I have any guys in my Enlightened that I've have been able to do veteran instincts. I haven't, or taking one for the team. I haven't used either one of those. No, okay. I probably just forget. It, see, even us, I, I, a lot of these I forget about when we're playing the game. I remember some of the more basic ones like focus right. and. Hunker down and push it. Can't. It's hard to forget. Hard to forget. Push it when you have the song go in your head all the time. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it's definitely easy to remember the things that are immediately just you know bonuses or re rolls. Something like veteran instincts, though. I mean, when you think about it, is hugely valuable. Somebody goes to target your boss, and all of a sudden he's got veteran instincts and pops them instead. Yeah. You know, it. It, it, it really. <laughs> If you're using Slain or let's say you're using uh, Stonewall Jackson, Wider, 
anyone with a minus four piercing weapon, you could be using this all the time. Yeah. No one ever is going to get a shot off if you constantly throw a minus four in their face. <laughs> well, yep. And, 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 you know, there's some psychological damage you can do with that, too. You know, the, the, the first couple, couple of times that happens to you, all of a sudden you're like, I'm not targeting that guy anymore. Every time I shoot it, he shoots me back. <laughs> all right. So we have one more left. That's right. So let's, let's walk it off. Or I like to call it, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> Rub some dirt. That's a good one. That's a good that they should change it to rub some dirt on it. <laughs> so that, this one pretty pretty simple. You spend a fortune and you can remove uh, stun, disordered, or hazard conditions that are on that model. Pretty self-explanatory there. The, the only the only caveat caveat there is if you're out of coherency, you're just going to become disordered again immediately anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, make sure that you're in coherency. It's any and all. So say you've gotten hit with a disruptor blast and it had hazard because it critted, you know, and you were out of coherency. So you, you got the whammy. You have all the negative things on your model. You activate, you got a fortune, boom, all of it goes away. And the key, key thing to remember, too, is it's in that unit's activation. So it, it has to be in your activation. So say you have, like you were saying earlier, Brian, a guy that's, you know, he he used his quick and the dead, he's out of fortune, he's already disordered, but he hasn't activated yet. So you can go ahead and remove that disordered and then that way you don't have the minus one to his limit you don't have to worry about you know having nothing left that's defensive if somebody takes a shot at him again and then when he's done he gets that fortune back and you know stuff like that so it's stuff to think about yep well all right that covers all the different ways seven different ways for fortune and spending it a lot to think about when you play the game if you're fairly new to the game, try to maybe pick out some of those and just, you know, try them out. You know, if you have to write them down, you know, so they're in a little cheat sheet next to you so you remember to try them out. It's practice, you know, the more you play, the more you practice them, you'll start remembering them. Some are easier to remember than others, but you'll get them. And here's some things talking about fortune. You know, War Cradle makes a really good pack you can get. A set of what they have for fortune which are actual poker chips with the wild west X's symbol on one side and the, the skull and spade that's similar to be on the dice so you get a set of their dice and a set of these fortune poker chips but you don't have to use those you obviously i know eric i know you have your own set of poker chips yeah i mean i have the war cradle ones but i have yeah like an old like casino gambling you know poker set that came with like four different colors of poker chips right so you can use those some people use uh i guess little stones from another game yeah, or like the glass beads glass beads um uh, you can use the old activation tokens from first edition um you can use you can use silver coins from your your pocket if you have a pocket full of coin so you know you can use anything you want as, as far as uh, how the tokens work. 
and basically you stack them up on the card or near the model. Some some people actually have the fortune that follows the model around on the table. So yeah, you can do those. You just got to have a way of making sure you keep your separate fortune pools because your boss has fortune, but then you you may have some faces that have fortune of their own. Uh, you want to make sure you separate them. In first edition, you'd lump all the influence into one pool. You didn't, it didn't matter where it came from unless it came from a totem or a dark council member. But in 2.0, it's important where the fortune comes from because it, yeah. it stays stays on that model. All right. Tom, you want to give us another rendition of Push It? <laughs> As we sight off. No, and, no. No? But, but, you know, all I can think of the entire time we're talking about this is, is you know, I just they're going, fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. (laughs) (laughs) Stick around, guys. We'll have more for you in a little bit. (laughs) All right, guys. We got a kind of a new segment, a fun segment that uh, the three of us wanted to try today. So we were talking about, we wanted to do, like, there's all the different shows and YouTube shows out there, and they're doing their top three or top ten or, God forbid, top 50 of something out there. So we thought we'd keep it a little shorter and do a top three Wild West Exodus models that all of us like. And I had one rule for all of us on there is that we were going to pick models that are currently available so when you guys are listening to us ramble on about these models it's you know something you could go out there and buy you know that's already in the the world so i had to hold certain individuals to that rule because <laughs> somebody wanted to pick models that aren't coming out for a while yet but <laughs> So, why don't we go ahead and we'll start at the bottom and we'll work up to our most favorite model. And uh, one of the things uh, for picking these models, you know, we came up with is it could be a model that's either, you know, maybe you like the stat or the ability on it. You know, it really kicks some butt out there on the, the battlefield. Or maybe it's just something that's prettier. It's just cool looking that you just like the... The look of the model. So why don't we go ahead and start? Uh, who wants to start? Nobody. Crickets. <laughs> I heard crickets. You're, you're our moderator. You have to assign us duties. We don't okay. volunteer. All right, Tom. I'll go first. You want to go first? Okay, Brian's gonna go. go first with his number three. Here's number three. Okay, so my number three most favorite model which now talk about the the impossible task right because i of course have most of the the models in the in the game it's very difficult there's so many good models but so my number three is the union boss general custer or colonel custer now yeah union faves over here uh you know uh what's funny is the union's not my favorite faction, but that model, you know, transcends its faction because it's just a really cool model. So Custard's pose is just awesome. He's, he's 
hunkered down behind a fence. He's got both pistols out. He's covering both sides of his uh, his cover. I mean, it's just such a, a really cool pose, and it's so dynamic that that's what put it over the top for, you know, to make it to my top three. Then his rules are even cooler because now he's a boss, and he's got the largest fortune total in the game but does not have largesse. So you bring him as a boss in a regular faction-themed posse, he's the only one using that fortune. So he becomes, he has the ability to become basically the re-roll guy, you know, and it's awesome. You bring in, bring some male models and some female models, his stats get gross because he's got for the boys and for the girls so there's a little bit of trickery with his rules that are just really cool. He also has a mounted version. So if you want to bring him uh, on an iron horse, you can do that. And when you bring him and his forlorn posse, his theme posse, he gets largesse. And then he can share that with all the hands that he's going to be bringing. So it does open him up quite a bit in that regard once you take his theme posse. So he's a well-rounded boss. He's fun to play and just a a, a really remarkable model. My number yeah. three. Okay, Tom, when you're done, kind of wiping the drool because I'm sure you're drooling over that. <laughs> over that. Uh, yeah, I like me some uh, some uh, Custer. So, <laughs> <laughs> what? Go ahead and give us your number three, Tom. Uh, my number three is Venetici Helios uh, from the Order. Before she was Helios, she was the Holy Order Lady of the West uh, when she first came out, before she actually had any character to her. And I thought she was one of the coolest looking ladies of the West out there. So so for me, it was just it was just the look there. She's just got this look about her, you know, like she just hamstrung somebody and is walking up behind them, you know, getting ready to finish them off. No nonsense. Really kind of has that. Militarist, militaristic feel that I think that parts of the order have. Uh, so, so I just love the look of the the character more more than anything else. I don't even play I don't even play order, so you know it, it's it's not even. Oh, I mean, she's so great on on the field of battle. I just thought that she was one of the coolest looking models when she came out. Uh, just very much appealed to me. So your third pick was based on looks. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. There's there's a lot of models in this game that I think there's a lot of us in the community that bought just because it looked cool. So, all right, for my number three, I started with Slain. Now, I think the main reason... Now, Slain I got in the second Kickstarter back with Outlaw. And I think the main draw for me is see I shouldn't bust your chops too much Tom because actually this model is he looks like Dr. Doom. So that was my big attraction to him. I actually painted him up, you know, with the greens and the silvers to look like Dr. Doom. But he also is a pretty good face. So what's neat about him is he will work oh, in both you heads. Use the wrong word there. You said pretty good. Well, okay, yeah. It's not pretty good. He is a awesome face. 
Well, it depends who's rolling those dice. And, you know, usually my yeah. dice are kind of... <laughs> they can be unforgiving, let's put it that way. But uh, yeah, one of the neat things I like with him is that he's he's a mercenary who is works with the outlaw and he also works with the hex. So he's kind of... He he can work in both of those, you know, which gives him some utility that you can use him in wherever you want. And um, he's got good stats. I mean, his his main weapon, the uh, the custom pistols, where he can change his ammo clip based on whether you want lethal or you want brutal or uh, what's the other one, Brian? Is it disrupt or stun? I think it is. I, that's fantastic. So you can kind of adjust to whatever you're facing out there with him. Yeah, his pistols were great in 1.07. Now that we're in 1.08, they're epic level. He got the minus four piercing. Yeah, that's 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 brutal. <laughs> and then he's got Stone Cold Killer too. So it's like you know he gets another ac- action point when he destroys an enemy model. So he could just keep going and going. I mean, he has a limit of three, so he does have a limit, but it's, it's, he's very, very good. Save that adventure card plus one limit. (laughs) There you go. Yep. (laughs) But that slain is my number three. So I, let's go ahead and go to number two. And now for number two. Brian, you started with number three, so let's let's hear what your number two pick is. All right, so my number two pick, fairly new model, but I think I had insider knowledge on that model for over a year. <laughs> but this model has actually been one of the most requested model since the first Kickstarter, and that is 2020, the Infernal Investigations Black Hoof Base, or support model. He is a human. He, he can transform into a humanoid shape, and the way Stuart described this character was, he served valiantly with the Union during the Civil War, and most of the Black Hoods of that era, they basically, because uh, they were first generation tech, a lot of them basically leaked radiation, and so they they only were used during the war, and then they just kind of discontinued them, but with 2020. He actually got his power sources upgraded, so he's not a hazard anymore. And he got moved over because he was a good black hoof during the war. They kind of put him through the Tesla program to get him the upgrades to be able to transform into humanoid. And then he he got basically moved over to service with the lawman. And then he teamed up with another Infernal Investigations that we'll talk about later. But 2020, humanoid horse. A lot of people were asking for the Brave Star 3030, and so this is basically the Wallace Escher's version, carrying a huge cannon. He's got hammer fists with his hooves, and he's just a uh, just a cool sculpt, and his card's good. First time I fielded him in, in the game, he took out the Magenta Alpha. He definitely earned his points in the game. You know, just excited to see him. Do the, do the same this weekend when I go play again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my number two. Tom, what's your number two? 
Uh, my number two is Albert Campbell from the Union. So there's so many things I like about him. I like I like both the way he plays. I like his stat line. I like his rules. But I just also love the look and the model. He basically, to me, looks like Apone from Aliens. So the sergeant that was in charge of everything, you know, <laughs> you're chewing on the cigar and, you know, he's just very reminiscent of that to me. You know, and then he's bulked out. He's got the, you know, the big loader hand, you know, that also, you know, from the loader at the end of Aliens. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just as soon as I saw him, that's, that's immediately what I thought of. And I thought that was pretty awesome. But then actually as a playable character, he's, he's a very, very good close in fighter. He's got a good fight stat, you know. But more importantly, he's got that servo claw, which minus two piercing is, you know, okay, it's standard. Uh, but it's got brutal and lethal as as its properties, which just makes it really, really nasty. And then when he's in close, he's also got thermite grenades. So, you know, again, you've got brutal and, and blast and hazardous in there, all in very close range as a close range fighter. And then, to me, the, the big thing is that he's got the underboss traits, so you pay 45 extra points and he can become a boss. And as a boss, one of the cool things he has is he's got the inspirational special rule, so any friendly unit within six inches may re-roll a single dice roll. It's basically like handing out extra fortune. Yeah. Uh, throughout throughout your, you know, within a six-inch bubble. But, I mean, you're talking about a foot across. That's a good chunk of a chunk of space there and you're not actually physically spending the fortune which is nice exactly so to me i i think that that's fantastic you know he's got repair so you know he he gives a tough common rule to structures artifacts uh you know machines constructs within three inches so you know he's he's got the trapper ability so you can take an extra booby trap you know, he, he's just a, a kind of a utility guy, which I think really fits his theme because he's basically a big construction worker. So, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, but I, I think between both his, his utility and his usefulness as uh, a unit on the table is great. And I think the model is fantastic. So what what was his one big quote from Aliens, Tom? Well, he had a couple of good quotes. My favorite one, though, is look into my eye. But, you know. <laughs> It's the uh, the gesture that he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we can't exactly uh, get that across in audio, but I think if anybody has seen the Alien movies, we, they know what we're talking about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. My number two, I went with a, a unit that's uh, not actually a named character, a face, or a boss. I went with something that's a, a little bit more universal in a lot of different factions, and it's a support unit. And I ended up going with the canine gun dogs. Now, what I like about the gun dogs, like I said, is that you know uh, you can use them in uh, the enlightened that I like using so much, and you can use them in outlaws. You can use them in just about all the factions except for watchers. And I know there's another one. It's like off in my brain somewhere it just won't come out so they're a pretty universal support unit that you can use in some of the different factions what i like about them is so they they come standard with the flamethrowers and their steel jaws but i don't think i've ever used them straight up with flamethrowers i always end up spending the extra money and i upgrade them with the juice gatling guns 
and the Juice Gatling guns, you're throwing three dice at a range of 15. And if they're, they're a, the type of unit that you can take anywhere from one to six. So if you get a couple of those in a unit, they can be really nasty with those Gatling guns. Granted, you will have to pay for them, but I think they're a great unit to add, you know, to your faction. One of the things I like about them, and some of the some of the faces have uh, the, a special ability, like Sikkim. So if you keep these uh, gun dogs close to that face, after that face has activated, and if they're within a certain range, you can go ahead and activate the gun dogs then. So it's almost kind of like getting two activations, you know, in one before your opponent can actually activate a character. So, but yeah, and you know, the, the, the newer gun dogs, what's neat too, is that, uh, with some of the, the reissuing of them, they actually modeled on their sprue different weapon choices that you can do. So like if you want to do the Gatling guns or you want to do the flamethrower and then there's like a, a laser, isn't there? I think there's a laser gun that you can put on their back. They come with different heads now. Rocket pod. So yeah, there's there's they got a lot of different ways that you can build them now. So that is my number two choice. It's the K9 Gun Dogs. Good choice. They're they're always popular. Yeah, I always I always like when I'm facing an opponent that has the uh, the other dogs, the attack dogs, and yeah. you get both. You you know units of dogs attacking each other and it's like Rottweilers facing you know little Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and tabletop gaming. This the last two months of the magazine, they actually had like bright RJ orange versions of the gun dogs, and then the next month they had the bright orange RJ orange attack dogs. So you bought the magazine, you got. A free sprue yeah. with you know two attack gun dogs on it. I, got, I did actually order mail order that that from across the sea because it's a UK magazine. But I did get a hold of that for the gun dogs, but did not reach out and try to get the attack dogs. Yeah, but, I, was, uh, I was lucky that one of my local stores actually got the magazine in, so I just I was able to walk in and buy it off the shelf. I still got to figure out how I want to paint them because I I want that fluorescent orange to come through. So, because <laughs> it's so, it's it definitely jumps out on the table. <laughs> yeah, just paint what the stuff you don't want to be bright orange. <laughs> I was thinking of doing the same. Yeah, uh, just go get some dip. Just dip, dip them and done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was our number two. So we are on to our top picks for our little fun thing here. Of uh, or should we go through honorable mention? Yes, let's do the honorable mention. Now, this honorable mention is not necessarily our number one pick, but it's just the poor dude that didn't make the list, that didn't get picked on the kickball team. Yeah, it's a number four, or say it's a number. It, it it could have been either one, any one of our top three. But yeah, it could have it could have fit in the top three. I'll put it that way. So it's so, the first loser. The fr- there right. you go, first loser. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say so. My honorable mention is not the first loser. It's just because of a very acute reason why I picked my one and two. She just didn't have room in my top three. 
and she is from the the order, and it is Salto. She is the portal manipulator of the order. She is in an epic. She's in a sprint with her hand up to open up portals, and just a really cool. She's got a sword on the back, you know. I mean, just a really cool model. She's got like a really like her helmet is almost reminiscent of you know the knights of the the round table. It's it just really cool. She's got these braids, but they're more like tendrils. You know, I of course put blue energy all throughout those tendrils. I mean, she's just a really cool model. I love painting her. In the version 1.0, she saw a lot of action on in my games. She was well worth the points. Portal manipulation was just always something I was doing. Uh, she would get Nura, her boss, in and out of, you know, airy situations with the portals. Just a really good model. Great utility. Uh, haven't given her a run on the table in the new version yet, but now that my Divine Intervention posse is painted up, she's she's going to hit the table soon enough. So that's my honorable mention. Like I said, she's not out of the running of the top three, but when I get to my top one and my other two choices to make my top three, you understand that it was difficult to fit everyone in oh, yeah. uh, that I ruled. Oh, yeah, it is, but we we had to think about time. So, Brian, <laughs> she's... She's basically the bridesmaid, not the bride, right? <laughs> well, technically all my top three are, are dudes, so I could be the bride. There you go. Even though one's a horse. <laughs> yeah, how do you know he's a guy? Well, I've already started painting him. <laughs> Oh, it's too bad the uh, listeners couldn't see that uh, little eyebrow raise there. You just got to lift the tail. <laughs> lift his tail. <laughs> well, Tom, what is your honorable mention? My honorable mention is Helena Miller from the Infernal Investigations, or Infernal, Infernal Affairs. Um not for nothing, she's the Rocketeer, and and I just think that that's awesome. I mean, I mean just her, the clothes she's wearing, the backpack, she's just missing the helmet. You know, you know obviously, I was thinking of sculpting that helmet oh, and yeah. like attaching yeah. it to her belt. I think you should. I mean, I mean, I just think that that would be so awesome. I mean, she's got some cool things she can do as far as you know how how you use her on the table you know she's got a lasso she can drag you know she's got a rate of fire three gun that stuns and you know so she's got a whole bunch of cool things she can do on the table but i mean for me that was really what it came down to is she's the rocketeer she's gonna get painted as the rocketeer i'm just gonna call her the rocketeer i'm gonna forget what her name is and that's okay (laughs) you know you know tom i actually kind of remember back uh, so when did that movie come out it was like early 90s I kind of yep. remember toys of that movie, and I know you've been on eBay a lot looking for some iron horses. You might want to look for some Rocketeer toys that just, you know, slice that head off and maybe put it on top <laughs> she'll, of her she'll, head. She'll be, a, she'll be a giant bobblehead, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my honorable mention, I totally went uh, outside of my chosen factions and i will admit a lot of this is just because she's just that darn pretty looking 
or scary. Uh, I went with Magenta Alpha uh, from The Watchers. Now, I remember when they first started teasing this model in the 3D renders, and she had that big, huge, old tail that was posable. I was just, like, blown away by this model, how much it looked like the Queen from Aliens. You know, it kind of had that same design cues that uh, they had in the movie. So it kind of goes with your your one model there, uh, Tom. Yeah, we got to get them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can have a square off. But, uh, yeah, a lot of this pick, you know, I've, I think I've faced her once. Um, and I know a couple of our local players have tried her out. Uh, she's very melee heavy. She's Her fight is ridiculous. It's a fight of eight. She is pricey, but she does have a lot of fortune to use. She's got her Xeno shield. She's got, she's got a lot of little tricks, but it's just a fantastic looking model. This is a model that even though I really don't have any uh, intention of playing the Watchers, I mean, I have a lot of them from the first edition. Uh, this is a model I would get just to paint up and just have fun building. So, yep, that is my honorable mention, Magenta Alpha. So, you know what I just thought of, guys? All our runner-ups, our honorable mentions, are all bridesmaids. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> what does that say about us? Hmm. <laughs> well, let's move on to our... Number one. Quit teasing me and give me number one. All right. So, no shock here by my compatriots on the podcast. Uh, my number one model is Jedrick Powell. What? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. Uh, <laughs> but it's not just because I had something to do with the design and... Of the model? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, no, no, no one was thinking that. One of the coolest parts of the model, one, is, you know, the process that they uh, went in with working with Roberto and Stuart and, and the creation is just really cool. There are several other people who have done that, gone through that process. And, you know, I think to a person really enjoyed that that process. And I am, I am one of them. But... Those who know me from the forum or, you know, those who just know me, my forum name was is Jedi Powell. So I've always, that's my goal is if I ever got to do a model during when I was in the deputy program, that was my goal. And, of course, Lawman's my main faction, so my model was always going to be a Lawman. One of the things the Lawman had was they had very little access to hand-to-hand models. Aside from Judge Stern, everything else was pretty much uh gun focused so i wanted a hand-to-hand specialist and so it was built around the idea of the stun batons so a little bit upgraded ass batons that all the lawmen were carrying now they were just a little bit better so he's got two two batons two pistols he's got a cloak he's got the hood up so it kind of invokes the idea of the jedi he's been described as the grizzled veteran of the the lawmen kind of like Helena Miller's, you know, go-to veteran to investigate all the weird stuff going on in the Wild West. Uh, he teams up with 2020. Super great idea. Thank you, Stuart. And just a great model. In addition to that, the stat card is amazing. He plays really, really good. His 
his pistols are rail rail pistols so he's got a little more penetration than most models they have a better range than most pistols he's this if he gets in close good luck the 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 stun is it's just mean especially if he goes wades into a unit of hands he's only got to hit one they all get stunned and it just goes downhill from there he's got some really cool features in his special abilities that just are awesome and they interact well or have synergy with helena miller's so one of the things that they can do is jedrick can look at the top card of one of the two decks right so you can like prejudge like hey what's coming next so that really comes into a into effect when you're looking at doing teamwork or say you're trying to set up the next model that you're going to play well helena miller can look at the top three and then she can put them back in whatever order she wants and man my last game with these two i set up the perfect you know set where the the cards that she helena miller looked at i was able to put them in this specific order where i was able to just dominate enough of the watchers i was playing against to pretty much just tie the game up it was it was like a nice little package the way i was able to get those cards in the specific order that i wanted to really just hammer this game closed and it was it just turned out perfect so uh, a lot of great synergy he also has an underboss so if i want to pull a little shenanigans and, and bring him as a boss you know i could do that as well so just just a great model, great stats. I am extremely thrilled that he's out. He's on my table right now, getting his painting on. Uh, number one model. Yeah, I, I got one uh, sitting downstairs. It's in the uh, on the table queue of models to start working on. Just it does look like a fantastic, fun model just to build and paint. All right, Tom, what do you got for us for your number one? My number one, uh, maybe a little bit of an unusual choice because it's a support unit, but one that I've loved since it came out. It's the UR31C Heavy Lawbot. First off, the model is great. I, I love the look of it. I love the whole idea of the Lawbots since they were created. To have a heavy weapons version of one was great, especially he doesn't have that tiny little girly little Gatling gun that you see the other deputies with this thing this thing is a monster <laughs> and and you know i i just love the look of it you know it's the uh the repeating grenade launcher which is just really really nasty it's got 12 inch range it's got blast it's uh it's got shred it, that in and of itself is what makes is what makes this model so good on the table it it's special rules are meh you know, because they, they really are his special rules really help more when things get in close. And if things are getting in close on this guy, you're having a bad day anyway. Um, <laughs> so so, so it, it really is. It's the fire support that it lays down. I've I had fun with him in first edition. I think he's great in second edition, you know, and, and just I, I've loved the model since it came out. There's nothing wrong with picking a support. I mean, the support models are a lot of times a very important part of your your posse. They 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 fill a gap, they fill a hole uh, that you have in the posse. So you can't have all named characters usually. So yep, well, ab- absolutely. When you take into regard, there are now several 
name support models in the game now. 2020, he's a he's a support model. He's a named unique model. Ida in the Infernal Investigations is a named support model. Mercury Jones, another model from the Infernal Investigations, is a named support creature from Absolute Power, named support model. So, I mean, the support models don't, they can stand on their own. Uh, some yeah. of these newer support models coming out are very good. You are 31 Lawbots, you can take more than one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one to three of them in so a year. They are really good. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I, I know yeah. I've got more than one in my army just because they're that cool looking, man. They're really cool looking, and you can really just suppress the heck out of the other the other team. You you can cover such an area with those blast templates because, I mean, it's it, it's a rate of fire two blast template, you know, and then you can have up to three of them. So you're putting six blast templates across in front of the of the other team or on top of the other team, plus you know the scatter. So it can reach out to about seventeen, even though you can't depend on that. It's it really is just reaching out and touching someone. <laughs> I might have to put music to that, uh, Tom. <laughs> well, don't feel so bad because my number one is also a support. So my number one model is from my Enlightened Faction, my favorite one to play. And this model is creation number seven. Now, creation number seven was a face, and he just recently, with the new rules update, they put him into the support. His character he, stats and everything are still the same. He's just going to occupy a different slot now. But uh, the, I remember the first time I saw this model, and I was just like, holy cow, look at the size of that model. I mean, it's just a big chunk of resin. It's fantastic. He was so much fun to paint with the two heads and four arms and he's just yeah he's just this big hulking character out on the board and he can be very intimidating just seeing him out there one of the the neat things i like about seven is his he's got a special rule that's called split personality now split personality what's kind of nice about it is like when you go to flip that action card and say you flip a one, you know, a crappy little one. You're like, oh my God, what the heck am I going to do with one? Well, you can nominate creation number seven and that will trigger a split personality that lets you redraw and then you have to activate with that. So it kind of, he can kind of help you mitigate bad drawing of the action deck, which I always thought was really cool about him. And then also what I really love about him is his creation special rule. So for an action point, you can double the piercing value of a single strike action. So, you know, you can pick... He's got two strike weapons. He's got a drill that's a piercing three normally. So if you do that, now I'll say now it's a six. Or you can do his buzzsaw, which is a four, and you can up that one a little bit. You can only go up to... The six, I believe, right, Brian? Yeah, yeah, it maxes out. So, uh, but still, it's it's two more that it, you know if that's the weapon that you you choose to go with, and then unless he's hit by a weapon with a piercing of minus four or greater, he ignores the first point of piercing. So, on top of ignoring it, he gets tough. He has metal. He's unstoppable. He's just he's like one of those models that whenever I do posse building, I'm always looking 
to put him somewhere in there because he just not only does he wreck a lot of stuff he's just he he can actually draw a lot of fire that gives you the opportunity to get your other guys up there to capture objectives or to do this or to do that so that is my number one creation number seven uh he he's an absolute tank with you know it's hard to kill him but to me i love the fact that he's mitigating the draw yeah because because that's always something that that you got to be concerned about is that you draw that one and the fact that he helps you mitigate that that low card draw is really really helpful right and he does it better there's no detriment for it like gamble yeah yeah it's so just... gambling allows some people to mitigate a crap draw but if you don't draw something higher your your activation you're, yeah you're done which i've had that happen with uh jesse uh i've seen it happen with doc it's great when it 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 hits but yeah it it's you got that risk with that so that was our top three units in the game uh if anybody has any comments like i said we just did something for fun whether it was because of the way they played or just how they you know they looked pretty especially when they're all painted up on the table if anybody has any comments you know you want to kind of discuss what you think is you know the best model out there or who's your bridesmaid go ahead and you know hit us up on the facebook or you know go ahead and send us a email at our gmail account and uh yeah we we'd like to hear what you guys you know think is the best models out there well 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 thanks for listening to episode five guys this show kind of, it was a, a bear to get done. We kept getting distracted by some stuff. And speaking of stuff, one of those things that distract us getting this episode out is that uh, me and Brian got together with Stuart from War Cradle. And we actually have a new show that you guys can you know feel free to check out. It's called uh, Black Hoof Saloon Ramblin'. And in this first episode with Stuart, we... Uh, Got to talk to him a little bit about their beta rules release of the Dystopian Wars. And you guys can find that on, you know, the normal feed where you get this podcast, whether it's Podbean or on iTunes or Google Play. So if you guys are kind of interested in Dystopian Wars and want to hear a little bit inside talk about it, go ahead and check that out. Um, But before we wrapped up the show you know we we had our segments and we really didn't have room for a segment of you know sometimes we do the news and stuff so before we wrap it up we wanted to go ahead and mention some some new stuff to go over real quick uh everybody should be having some new toys show up at their door from last month's pre-order which were the secret service posse which had a Ram Lincoln in there. The Dark Nation posse's out now. They had a, a, a set of brutes that you could get and also uh, the Hexaliths. And then, so this month, we already have some pre-orders. Brian, what, what kind of pre-orders did they have pop up uh, we actually just saw recently? Okay, so yeah, they, they just threw up some pre-orders for the, the new Ranger Showboat. 
So that that gives us, brings uh, Calamity Jane into the Ranger table, and the, all the other uh, models in the posse are, are models we've seen. So, so Wild Bill is the leader of the Ranger showboat, and you'll get Grace Myrtle, Nate Ranger, the Copley sisters, and Calamity Jane. So Calamity Jane's going to be neat. She's got a really dynamic, you know, pose. Uh, oh, yeah, the, another posse uh, you're pretty sure you're going to be uh, all excited about oh, is the yeah. Gavanic Mystery. Another one for me. With the dust. <laughs> is that an inch to buy for you? I think so. The The problem is, is this, so this posse set, there's two new sculpts in there. Some of the other ones I have, so I may have to do some repaint, like, you know, I'll experiment with a paint job on them, but... So we have in that one, uh, who do we have in that one, Brian? We're getting some I know new they creations. Have two new creations are actually the new 13. So we previously had a 13, but 13 became Brutes. So now we're going to see the new 13. And he's the creation with the dual RJ canister sticking up out of his chest. Yeah, and it's cool we're getting a female creation too. Creation 10 is a female. She has a buzzsaw and a huge, like, sword arm. So she's she she looks like she's going to be pretty nice to add to the, the creation. So it'll be neat. And then we get five. Yep, the big old hulking guy with the rail gun on his back. Right, and the two big hammer hands. He's, he's a neat model. And then, of course, uh, the Countess is the boss in that, Byron. And then... We have uh, Mantis, who's also in it, and she she actually was one of the Ladies of the West originally, and with second edition, they they gave her a name and repurposed her. Like all, all those Ladies of the West have came, you know, come back into the, well, the lineup. In the Kickstarter, all the Ladies of the West did actually become usable models. Okay. So she she was always a a playable model it's just now she's going to be in augusta's posse and so if there's any design flaw in the original sculpt which i don't think there was they they probably uh, cleaned it up a bit what they did is they added her to another model on one sprue so when they spin it they spin out both models her and another model together instead of separately okay and then what else do we got coming with pre-orders we have a new building Ah, the saloon. Yeah. This... So the saloon was they just kind of teased it at at Gen Con, right? So you saw it. Yeah, I took a couple pictures of it. We have it on the uh, the Facebook group and I know it was in the uh, Dark Council page. Uh they had the showboat all up on that one. Yeah, that's going to be a neat one cuz I know that I, I mentioned it in our Gen Con talk at the beginning of the show that they're going to be they're going to have another building that's going to kind of go with this one. And we haven't seen any teaser pictures of it yet, but it you know it goes all, all along with the, the whole Red Oak Town theme. So that that would be pretty neat. I mean, if you don't have a saloon, uh, this is definitely one to get because it it's got so much detail in it. I mean, you spin that around. And it's like every side, it was just like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Just the decoration it's on really the thing gorgeous. is really gorgeous. Yeah. And then we also have, they're releasing for Warrior Nation Spirit Walkers. And those are 
basically your wolfman so if you if you didn't see the pre-orders uh and you want you know some more kind of nasty melee guys for warrior nation definitely check those out so that's all the the normal stuff that's up for pre-order but then just brian what was it a couple days ago war cradle had a big splash of uh it's not going to be exclusive so this is actually going to be in the lineup it was an anniversary dual figure that they had come out right wayland Gaines, you know the i guess the parent company of war cradle hit their 10-year anniversary so doing that they decided to celebrate by creating a new model that has a sidekick who they can play for any faction so what they did is these two models, one's name is Wayland the Smith, and uh, kind of sneaking around on Facebook, Stuart kind of explained why Wayland. And they had named their company Way- at Wayland after a character in mythology. That's why they used Wayland. And in that mythology, he was the Smith, the Smithy. That was his niche in the Pantheon. So they, this character is Wayland the Smith, and he's wielding a huge hammer and uh, basically, he's he doesn't care who he, he works for. It's just his goal is to repair stuff. So he basically is a, a model that anyone can add via the boss picking a strategic. Yeah, that's right. Model joins the boss. Strategic. So like your civilians and the angry mob. and Right. And okay. every boss in a posse can bring one unit of strate- uh, one strategic unit. You would be choosing to bring this guy. I think he's like 150 points. He has a big hammer, but it's no, it doesn't like interfere with all the other big hitting hammers in the game. So it's not like a game breaker to bring him. But what it does do is bring you repair. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of factions that don't have any access to repair, or they may only have one option. Right. But what it also does is, if you have automatons, he can reanimate your automaton. Ah, so like, like they were creations. Okay. So like your gun dogs, your attack right. so dogs. It's a, new, it's a new rule, and it's basically just a, a robot version of Carpathogen. Yeah. Where it only works on automatons, but you get to bring them back up, and they follow the same rules that reanimated you know constructs follow. Is they do get the the trait reanimated, so you know they're not as effective as the original, but you're bringing them back again. So it's very useful if you are bringing your Tom-Tom. So it doesn't really help all the factions, but all those that have the dogs in the... Well, it gives more options for when you're posse building. I mean, I could totally see it helping. Well, like if you do a lawman posse that has a lot of the lawbots in it, he's going to help with them. He's a new best friend for Morgan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, or like I said, you know, I, I... tend to bring a lot of gun dogs with the enlightened because I have right. a couple guys that have sick them, you know, he would help with that, bring them back. So that's right. Yeah. So he'll, he'll bring some interesting posse building options for people. And well, so, and he also has a sidekick. So, uh, insert name. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Mac. Oh man. So his sidekick is carrying a huge gun and he, he's cheaper than Waylon, but his, the, the the hinky part about him is he has to be within three inches of Wayland or he does not use his gun. So he, he literally is a bodyguard 
far away. So when you bring, he would a occupy a, a second strategic position. So he he can't normally join Waylon unless you've brought two bosses in your in into your army for the for that whatever game. So if you do a double boss list, basically, right. So if you're you're running boss list, you're you're good to go. You can each boss would bring one of them. Okay. Back. Back. Hand right. Dave back. Okay. Sidekick. Yeah. So for 150, you bring Wayland with one of your bosses, and you can bring his bodyguard, Panday Beck, who has a, a pretty mean blaster, but he really is only going to use it when he's nearby <laughs> his buddy. <laughs> it's just another it's another option. I know there was some conversation on uh, the Dark Council. People didn't quite get them, and I know you were part of that conversation, and uh, Stuart got in there and was kind of helping explain stuff and how those guys would work so yeah i mean if you guys want to check them out i think their their cards are up already um you usually can find them down in the i think like you said any faction strategic area where they have the portals and stuff like that i think that's where their their cards are floating around yeah it should basically fall right behind each faction's angry mob and civilian okay all right also we want to mention real quick before we close out the show the, some of the cons that are coming up that War Cradle is going to be at. So one that's coming up pretty quickly here at the end of uh, the month, September that is, is the Tabletop Gaming Live. That's over in the UK, uh, the 29th and the 30th. And then the next thing that is kind of a bigger con for them is over here in the U.S. and Philadelphia, and that's the PAX Unplugged show. That's uh, November 30th through December 2nd. And quick note, me and Tom are planning on being there, and i talking to some of the other community members that are out in the Philly area. They, they kind of, I, I just noticed like this last week, Brian, in that Delaware area are exploding a little bit. Which is kind of good news for Tom. He should get excited about that. And it and this PAX is right in their backyard. So, you know. Oh yeah, I, th I think just knowing it's going to be at PAX has energized quite a few of them. Yeah. Knowing that they're going to have the, the gang at their their playground, you know. Yeah. So they're yeah. really excited. Yeah. So we'll be there checking it out, and who knows? Maybe we'll try and do something special. Stay tuned. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that that kind of covers the you know quickly news and stuff. And just to mention that War Cradle is still taking applications for the Warhost program. So if you guys are interested in you know running demos and you know basically showing off the game, you know if you love the game, and you want more players to get into the game in your area, this is a perfect program for you. It's a volunteer program that you earn points for and you can, you know, get some little perks from War Cradle for doing the demos and tournaments and leagues and stuff like that. Uh, it should be under their blog section on the website if you want to check it out and fill out an application, if, you know, and send it in and they'll get back to you and, you know, you go from there. But I think that about covers all our news, Brian. Was there anything that you wanted to mention? Any hot topics that came off since uh, 
the last time we were recorded that is worth mentioning. I know both of us have been pretty active on Facebook Dark Council lately, it seemed. There's just Yeah, no my week's been crazy. We we did that that last week we did a emergency podcast on the dystopian age beta being released. I then spent most of this week taking a bit of a break from all the details I was throwing on my infernal investigations posse to finish my terrain. So I, I finished all my red oak terrain and then out of nowhere uh, yesterday on Memorial Day or Labor Day, one of the guys in my area was like, hey, anyone want to game on uh, Labor Day? I'm like, yes, I'll bring the terrain because my terrain is all ready to go. Huh. So, and those pictures are obviously have been put up and, you know, the terrain did turn out pretty good. And we had a really good game and, you know. Yeah, the force was with me again because Jedrick and Furio had a really good game. Using those hot <laughs> dice, <laughs> and really, the dice. There, there was a spot. Okay, this is like an epic thing. So, you know, Furio has already. I, I used three adventure cards, like five fortune, everything I had. I had a limit plus <laughs> card. Um, you know, three extra action points cards. And it was, I mean, I was just throwing all of this into Furio <laughs> to try to take out the, the Magenta Alpha that attacked her. So, you know, I was well within my, my grounds to retaliate, really. And she had just barely survived, right? So she was disordered and ba- barely hung on, right? And then uh, 2020 rushed the Alpha from behind, put her disordered, or no, no put her hunkered. So once, uh, once she, cause she, she avoided my charge with 2020. So she was hunkered. So when Furio, the next turn, I activated her first okay. and I've been sitting on this limit card from the beginning of the game. So I was ready. I had a plus two action point. I had another action point. I had this limit plus card. And so Furio, melee expert, I'm like, okay, she had a pretty good shot. Boom. Started hitting and it was like he was just rolling so good. And it was just, oh, it was, it was sweeter. And I was like, her regment didn't get her through there, right? So I had already thrown in, you know, extra action points to get her to attack three times. And it just, and I was like, ah. And I was like, nope, got to do it. Limit, plus one, two more action points. <laughs> you know, and at that point, she was not only the alpha. I did get the alpha down to disorder. So it was like there was, I just needed one more hit, one more hit, and and boom, he he rolls a one. So it was like, <laughs> just it, I I expended everything. So Man. my boss, no origin, everyone's all tied. It was like at the beginning of the round, uh, the turn, I took out the boss, and it was just like he was rolling really well. It's just that last one was the, all the, I needed. The clutch, the clutch one, and that's what makes the game cinematic. You know, it's that those kind of moments. Either you know the the fantastic celebration highs, and then of course those lows, and it's just like, oh, if only. <laughs> Two more pictures in the pictures that I posted at this game, and it's at the towards the end, and he he really he's only got a couple of units left, and we're literally just you know finishing around because he just didn't want to call it and 2020 goes after his beta actually no it was jedrick leaps off a building and lands behind his beta to to you know put her put her down his rolls man i roll a double double tens (laughs) 
And of course, I'm like cheering. There's this kid that's just watching this, and he's like cheering. And, you know, Jeremy's like, oh, oh, this sucks. And so he pulls out his dice and he rolls double tens. <laughs> <laughs> and we both jump up and we're cheering. We high fived over the. <laughs> I, I, like we were celebrating and i was wait i want to take a picture and he's like no don't take a picture i was like no no we're gonna take pictures <laughs> and then he rolls in his tins i was like oh crap yeah no i gotta take a picture of this too <laughs> yeah what's what's the likelihood that would ever happen again you know four tens you know <laughs> Huge swings. I'm like, yes. And he's like, no. And then he rolls and then he goes, yes. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's funny how dice can get you excited in a game. You know, and it, it, this game is definitely one that could do that. When those right. dice are so critical, you know, to get that you really need something. Oh, right, right. That's crazy. I think we played the pick bones scenario and it was just really weird that the way that set up and it makes you get out into the middle. Yeah. And we had lined up the middle, basically the main street. So we had plenty of cover on opposite side, but most of the objectives were far away from the buildings. Okay. The only, there was only like two that were kind of in cover. So you were protected if you went for them. And I immediately took off with Furo and Jedrick to take those two. Well, that put me right into his, his line of buildings. So it'll like from the beginning, I'm like right in his face <laughs> and have taken the two easiest ones for him to get to, <laughs> you know, and so the game just stayed you, right there. You were kind of asking for it then. <laughs> so I did. I totally did. And of course, he, he immediately ran Magenta out and then got her stuck out there. So I was able to take her in the second turn, but it was, it was a great game. Yeah. If you guys are interested, you can check out Brian's. He posted pictures of this game uh, on the Dark Council, and I actually shared it on our uh, Facebook Black Hoof Saloon page, too. And uh, so you can see Brian's paintings of his buildings. I know a lot of people want ideas for buildings. And actually, you know, hearing you talk about kind of like this battle report, I would love to hear other players' battle report. And we've been we've been kind of seeing sprinklings of different people's games on Facebook through photos and uh, I've seen a couple people do write-ups and stuff, and I lo- I love seeing that, just that whole cinematic, you know, story being told through people's games. I, so keep it up, guys. I love it. And <laughs> I was getting ready to press a button for um Brian <laughs> to tell him the <to>, whoa. <laughs> but no, no. I mean it. You know, you hear somebody tell a story like Brian's doing here, and it, it really gets you excited to play the game and have those moments. I mean, I, I can't tell you if I've ever seen somebody attack like that, Brian, and roll two tens and think, oh, yeah, I got this, and then the defender go ahead and match it. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. If anything, it's the opposite. You know, my dice roll, and it's <laughs> it's double snake eyes there for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. usually how they go for me, but yeah, it's still either way. It's still it's very cinematic, and it's it's really neat to hear these stories. So keep sharing those stories, you guys. I think we uh, kind of went on long enough for episode five here, Brian, didn't we? Oh uh, well, you know me. We can keep talking. Yeah, but well, I, I'm, 
once we get you going, it's hard to rein you in. <laughs> but stories. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to episode five, and you know, liking, and I, I'm watching all you guys download, and you know, some of you guys are starting to follow on the Facebook page, and we thank you. You guys can find us on the Facebook. It's at Black Hoof wwx podcast and feel free to send us emails at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com you know hit us up if you have questions both me and brian are always lurking on the dark council trying to make our comments and you know help help people out there's such a influx of new players in this game that it's it's awesome it's just awesome how it, it's it's growing like a <laughs> <laughs> like a hex virus. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist it, Brian. <laughs> right, right. But uh, we will talk to you guys later. Keep in mind while you're counting up your poker chips or whatever you're using to mark your fortune and humming a bit of salt and pepper to always ride with the sun at your back and roll those crits. This is Eric saying, take it easy, and we'll talk to you later. Say bye, Brian. Bye, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Later, guys. Later, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at BlackHoofWWX Podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, Ride with the sun at your back, and always roll those crits. Count Dracula, number three. Three world existed its models. I, I, you know what? I, I no think Romanians were harmed in the making of this podcast. I, I, I think that's what we're going to need now. I think we need to sample the count. Going three, three. <laughs> I oh, did. Man. I saw that close up you did. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that model's so nice. I might actually play as Brian. <laughs> 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 yeah, if 
we ever uh, redo a list, you're gonna pick Brian. I mean, Jedrick. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but you're just gonna keep my babbling to a minimum. That's what we have to do. We have to get a button that that just goes. All right, that's enough, Brian. <laughs> you need to get a. You need to get a, an audio uh, like like horses neighing or <laughs> a, a motorcycle engine revving or something. You know, as a as a, a whoa, pal. <laughs> that'd be a good one. I need. I oh, need that's to look exactly for a whoa. what we should get. You definitely need a whoa. <laughs> whoa. You know what? I think we just got it. <laughs> We're just babbling about games, how uh, Brian wiped the, everybody off the board. Uh, that's because he cheats. <laughs> Check those loaded dice. <laughs> yeah, my first game I was using War Cradle dice, and man, I was getting too many ones, man. I was just yeah. struggling, and that's then why, uh, I, I, I finally just switched, switched to a different set of dice, and that next second game, I was... I was on fire, man. So, yeah, my loaded dice work great. Oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> He's also got those cool dice that have two tens on them. <laughs> so, Tom, what do you think about focus? Uh, you get to plus two to shoot. Wait, it's more than that. <laughs> You get to add two to your stat that you're rolling dice. The, the, the big yellow one's the sun. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm glad I'm still recording. <laughs> Man, come on, Tom. Yeah, I uh I'll admit I do have that on a CD somewhere, like Monsters of Rap from the you know, the nineties. Love that song. <laughs> 